Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Good evening. How you doing, Miss Lady? I'm good. I just finished some dinner. Oh, my God. What did you eat for dinner? Uh, I can't tell you. They're not paying me. What a God, I missed you, girl. Oh, every time I do no, a show, play. you just brighten my uh, day. We had a little Panda Express, but you know, uh, one of the things about coming out of the pandemic is getting to know the new menus of places. And I'm not a huge uh, Panda Express eater, but they either at just this location or or across the board, they discontinued the two things that I like. Um, I like the eggplant tofu, and they didn't have that. Mm -hmm. And I like um, the pot stickers, and they didn't have those anymore. So it was good, um, but it wasn't it wasn't exactly what I was looking for, but it was still good. Yeah, I I love them pot stickers. I swear any if I have to go to any Chinese uh, buffet and they got pot stickers, we got issues. (laughs) Right. And I like I feel like as like the time has progressed that I've got like more into them especially I think with the the younger generation um Mm -hmm. assimilation of Asian culture is very popular with the anime and those types of things so my son has put me on to the dumplings and that's like a pot sticker on crack because the filling (laughs) they make the filling in a type of way where a portion of the filling turns into a soup so when Mm -hmm. you bust the dumpling open in your mouth it like has the soup plus the filling come out they're delicious um, mm. But yeah, that's like the next level of pot stickers. Oh my goodness, I I swear that that's one thing I love, just like going to Japanese Chinese Chinese food buffets. Mm-hmm. Then they got if they really good. I mean, they got it, everything, and even yeah. might even have some sushi <laughs> or a hibachi grill. Yes, them the ones I really love when they had the hibachi grill. Where I got the choice to get just what's on the one card, whatever they do with the hibachi. Oh man, we we have a buffet like that down the street. I don't know if it's still open or not. Cause shoot, they made so much shit closed. Right. <laughs> well, that's like back. our buffet, our time, our Asian buffet finally opened back up. But I don't know. Like, I wonder if they're actually serving buffet style. But I did go today. Was the first time I went somewhere and I saw that I could serve myself again. Um. Mm-hmm. I went to like a self-serve ice cream place and during the pandemic, you know, they've been like, you could get the ice cream, but we'll serve you the toppings. And Mm -hmm. uh, today they had taken the guards down and you could go back to serving your toppings yourself. Yeah. It's crazy. We, we finally, they trying to go back to some normal, despite the fact that it still ain't normal. (laughs) Right. Right. That's what, that's why I like, they keep seeing that more people have died. Um, this year than in all of last year you know it's mm-hmm. like i feel like we're just pretending that it's normal it's like yeah. everybody was like oh i'm tired of the pandemic i'm just gonna pretend it's yeah. over yeah because it's just like when the vaccine came people act like the pandemic was over because the vaccine here even though people with the vaccine and the unvaccinated still catching it 
Um, they still having bad symptoms, and there are people who's on the vaccine that do die from COVID, but they don't want to mention that. They don't even want to mention the people that's unvaccinated that pass. But yeah. that's a, yeah. you know, to me, that, that's on. I, I say people wonder why people don't ch- don't trust the news. You're throwing us off. One minute you're saying this, and the next minute you're saying that, instead of just being one percent honest. And I still feel that we should wear a mask. I still feel that we shouldn't be doing the six feet for a little bit longer, at least to the end of the summer, you know, period. And it might would it help because regardless, and then with these mandates that go through and when they happen, more people be vaccinated, but then you're going to see the death toll of people that vaccinated go up. Then what's going to be your, you know, that's what I've been saying. You know, if you're going to be honest, be honest across the board. Just don't be, just don't tell us one thing and then omit something else because you're afraid it's going to mess with your agenda. You feel what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely been a a process with the pandemic. I've had so many, like, family personal issues that I haven't been able, like, the first couple of months I did, I could quarantine in my house. But Mm -hmm. after that, it was like my, my dad got a terminal illness and my parents were divorcing and all these different things. So I've been, man, I've been running in circles between Arizona, Nevada, and California for the last mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I swear. It's, it, people like that, like, it was funny as hell that I just did an interview with a lady who was talking about healing and mental healing and, and all that good stuff and orgasm. <laughs> and um, that one thing she was talking about is a lot of people really understand when we ended, when it comes to us being, being sex workers, we deal with a lot of illness and we also deal with a lot of stress. Right. You know, and, in, and, and people don't highlight that. They, they quickly sit here and say, we drug, we drug addicts come from broken homes, all that crap. But not everybody do that. Not everyone came from a broken home. Not everybody, you know, was found drugs when they became a porn star or anything. Right. But like I said, I, to me, it's, it's kind of like, sometimes you got to take, time out for yourself mentally if not it, it you know this world not just the business but the world itself will drive you nuts because it's anxiety time right now <laughs> that's because very it, true because um even with my job that i know now i'm a health worker i will have to take the vaccine which i'm going to take the vaccine anyway but um i just don't like the way that they alienating or trying to alienate the unvaccinated you know, when both can easily catch it. I, it, it it's kind of stupid to me, but that's just how the world is, I guess. It is, and I think it's just, you know, it's just another, like, it's like, if every time you take away something that people say, oh, no, it's inappropriate to divide us by this factor, then people are going to find something else to divide each other by. So yeah. it's like, okay, you know, you want us not to say anything about race. You want us not to say anything about immigration. You want us not to say anything about politics. Okay, now we're going to fight over who's vaccinated or who's not. <laughs> it's just yeah. who we are as humans. We had to fight over something. Yeah, we, it's, a, it's our tribal tendencies. But they're very dark tribes right now, it feels like, you know, like it's mm-hmm. not it's not like, you know, we have this tribe and we have these cultural values and we respect each other. It's like, no, you're going to get with us or you're against us. 
Yeah. And I think the pandemic brought that to the surface because that was something yeah. that we uh kind of was trying. I, how can I put this? People was overlooking. And when the pandemic hit, it really showed the spotlight of how divided of a country we really are in so many ways. I'm actually, I'm having that problem right now. I have um, a 13-year-old boy, a mixed-race 13-year-old boy. And mm. um, we returned to school last month in August from the pandemic because his school was closed mm. all last year. And mm. um, the first I noticed that the Caucasian kids were wearing like full-blown do-rags. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I don't feel like I can really take on cultural appropriation in this arena. <laughs> like that, you know, to them, that's like, oh, this is my child finding their style. And to me, mm-hmm. I'm like, no, Blondie shouldn't have a do-rag on. But that's okay. <laughs> but then my son started coming home and he said, mom, it's these kids think it's trendy and cool to say the N-word. So mm-hmm. they are there. Um, I'm, I'm having a thing with the school. We're trying to figure out how to handle it right now. And I feel mm-hmm. like that is in direct relation to like the angst that people feel associated with the motives that come from Trump. And, yeah. you know, the angst that people feel associated with the things that came from George, George Floyd. Those were two separate but equally powerful entities in, in that realm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I think that you know we the school has always been very keeping up with the Joneses, but mm. now it's it's like a, a race thing, and I'm like, oh my god, dude! Like I'm gonna have to fight these people, but they've <laughs> been very helpful. They're very nice. My son goes to a university prep school, so um, mm. that's what when I approached them, I was like, come on, man, this is like a think tank of scholars. We we don't have problems like this. Mm-hmm. But see, I think the thing of it is, is that. Uh... Like I said, it brought lots of service. It also brought how underneath racist people are, mm-hmm. and what I'm and 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 um, and that's the one thing that I said that that I was that I was saying. I always had a conversation with people is that what the internet brought is not it is a gift and a curse. It gave the voice to the voices, but it also gave a voice to those that shouldn't have. Well, I'm not gonna say and say have a voice because everyone should have a voice of some kind, but. But it, it enabled them to have their voice louder mm-hmm. and to connect with others that are like-minded and to influence others. Because you seem like we're more influenced in this day and age influenced than we were at any time in history. It don't take much to sway people. You know, um, I always say we, we believe we we believe nothing, but you know, we be, we believe everything, but trust nothing. Right. You know. <laughs> you know. Because yeah, I kind of. Which um which going to the do rag and stuff like that, it's kind of like that was the biggest argument having when we talk about the BBC sluts, the, the rise of interracial. Uh, I'm familiar. I'm familiar with this because I don't consider myself a queen of spades. But when I did come back into the industry, I do. I African American males are my preference, and mm-hmm. so um, my my mentors, my mentors who have more experience than me, were like, "Nope, that's canceled. Don't do that." Like, <laughs> and I know that there are still people who do that. I understand there are still people who do that, but mm-hmm. I have been advised by my more experienced peers mm-hmm. that we were canceling that. But yeah. there has to be a discussion that we are still utilizing racial terms that are advantageous to us. Mm-hmm. Nobody canceled Pog. 
nobody canceled yeah. Snow Bunny. Like it, I just feel like it needs yeah. to be across the board because it's like it's like I am still. I actually identify as a light skinned Hispanic person. I mm. I don't want to say my last name on the podcast, but you know I yes, come ma'am. from Hispanic people, and um I benefit from being light skinned. They call it a Soho Karen. Um, in mm. that I you know can identify as a white woman. I am a white woman. And mm. I just feel that, like, if if we're going to cancel everything, we need to cancel everything across the board. Because if we're not going to use Queen of Spades and we don't want to say BBC anymore, because you can't mm. mark BBC on Pornhub anymore. You can't mm-hmm. pick that as a category. But see, then, but see oh, to me, I kind of feel goes back to we have now became too sensitive. Certain, and, things, certain things to me should not matter because one okay bbc slut and all this shit queen spade is a part of the of the bdsm lifestyle okay it's been around for ages it was not used as a racial um and to be honest with you the people that they just started really discussing that you know period i guess off of george floyd and black lives matter i guess Mm -hmm. because i had a conversation which got me suspended for a minute by a fellow black dom who had an issue with a white talent who called himself the king of spades. And I said, you a dom. Why are you upset that this white man said he's a slave to black women? A black man mad at a white man saying he's a slave to black people. That's a weird (laughs) genre of the sex trade people are not ready to talk about. (laughs) Um, I don't do race play, but my most common requested Mm. video or phone call or phone sex is race play. There Mm -hmm. is a huge genre of of dark skinned men out there who like race play to degrade them. Yeah. Yeah. And see, and that's the other thing that I think black people have not gotten into. Just like there's a lot of black men that are looking to be pegged. Mm -hmm. Straight muscular old and young black men that want a woman to fuck him in the ass with a dildo so <laughs> so it's kind of like now you start to see just like i was having a conversation with giselle golden shout out to her she's a black female dom she has black slaves i said you don't see that too often you don't see black male submissives you don't see that too often so that's an oxymoron within itself so to me at the end of the day Back to what I was saying about these appetites with the, the Queen of Spades and the BBC Slut. To me, it just described, BBC Slut described a submissive who prefers black men. I, I have no issue with that. You feel what I'm coming from? I, yeah. Yes and no, because I think that black males don't want to see black male submissives, but they're there and they exist. Like, I think that that's, that's yeah. something that as a culture there, you know, there's black men are strong men, black men are kings, but black men are gods, you know, and, and to think that this, this, this black man sees himself that way. I don't think people 
know how to interact with that. So instead they're cast out. Um, and I think that there has been discussion of that when we discuss, you know, how like the black nerd genre or, you know, how yeah. there is a, a sect of African-American people who were not included with the African-American people who became what they would consider in white nerd culture. But realistically, mm -hmm. they're just a little different, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> That's like, something i think that is perpetuated amongst the black culture that they don't want to see the submissive males but as you know mm. like and this is deeper than you know this is deeper than porn this is way beyond me or anything i can fix or yeah. know but all of that i think is stemming out of you know how we talk about the the relationship with welfare kicking the black male out of the home the rise of homosexuality Preach. in that environment and influenced by the fact that they're all being raised by single moms you know i think all of those things tie together but i don't know how they all tie together specifically i'm not educated enough on that for that but that i think those well, all are the same. well for me from my experience there's always been a high that people let's keep it real. There's always been a high percentage of black males that were gay. There yeah. always have been. Whether they were just straight up feminine or whether they were down low. And because in that race, because especially in America, let's make this clear. <laughs> we were basically forced to accept Christianity which in turn, we accept it beliefs. And his beliefs shuns homosexuality in every which way. Actually, Islamic and Christianity are the main two religions that really shun homosexuality. Even though, despite the fact there was homosexuality amongst many of the ones that actually practiced it, but I don't want to go there. <laughs> well, that's kind of emerging as more of a conversation. You know, I think yeah. in America, as we have got more progressive political representatives, there has mm -hmm. been the discussion of the cultural influence of the two spirit, you know, that comes from yeah. Native American people. Native American mm -hmm. people embraced um, people who were sexually fluid um, yes. or gender fluid. Um, so I think, you know, that will will come with time but yeah it is mm. kind of crazy because it's like and then like if you if you meet someone who is kind of submissive like that they want you to like they want you to do kind of a role play where it's like you're forcing them to do this. Like yeah. they don't want to be submissive to you, but you're just so strong and you're so powerful that they just are not going to be able not to do it. It's, it's very, mm. I personally, I have dominatrix qualities, but it's mm. not my practice in the sex industry. So mm -hmm. if I get somebody who is into that, they'll generally be like, no, I can tell you're faking it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, now you 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 got to be legit because it, it, these these submissives and these subs they know trust me, they, yeah yeah they yeah. they're like no you you not you're not a real dom I can tell yeah I'm there's out. a lot of things that you can bait and switch for but that's not one of them they be like girl no uh -huh. thank you yeah <laughs> because see that, that's what I mean because to me it's also it's not just an attack. On races, it's not attack on let's say the racist idea. To me, when you're sitting here saying we need to take away BBC slur, we need to take away Paul, we need to take away, then you might as well go ahead and take away BBW. Right. You might as well go ahead and take away all these acronyms because well, at the end of the freaking day, 
at the end of the fucking day, if you want to go there, BBW's putting down goddamn big women. Okay. In certain well, because, because but that that conversation goes back. I, that's a conversation I have actively been involved in. And when mm-hmm. I started in this industry 10 years ago, there was BBW was always under the classification of fetish. So Bingo. it took a long time for BBWs to get included just as a regular classification and mm-hmm. not something, you know, like a BBW is a preference. Putting a hamster in yeah. your ass, that's a fetish. A BBW yeah. is a preference. Um, so there was a long time of advocacy for that. And I think we are just in a space where mm-hmm. previously, you know, people of dark skin tone didn't have <laughs> a lot of choices for themselves. And we're mm-hmm. in a place where now they are empowered to decide what that future looks like for them. Are we mm-hmm. comfortable with... Uh, king of spades or or queen of spades are we comfortable Mm. with you know whatever that might be because i do think with that i don't want to say oversensitive because i don't want anybody to hear this and be like this bitch doesn't know but i do think that the oversensitive portion is an aspect because at this point we're taking out the genres that our customers are looking for bingo this is a this yeah yeah and see, to me, also, you kink shame it. Because if this lady or this guy, let's just say, for example, submissive, okay, you're treating him like y'all did the black gay man. You, you shaming him for who he is and what he is. And this is the reason why we had so many suicide rates who killed themselves. Why there's so much anxiety in the world because you can't accept who this person is, but it's not for you to accept, you know, period. And it's kind of like, to me, for example, there was no term BBW prior to 2000. So mm-hmm. people understand this. Correct. Because I know you, you in my same age, but you remember Black Tales Magazine, right? I do. Black Tales Magazine had both BBW, thick and skinny girls in its magazine. Together, let's make this clear. In the same magazine, I can find a big girl, I can find a small girl, and I can find a thick girl. You know, period. You had some BBWs such as Miss Deja, uh, a cut. I can't think of a couple of them that actually won Black Tail Model of the Year. That used to be a big thing back in the day. You know, period. Mm-hmm. And to me, there was no genres. There was, it was porn. If you was a BBW, you did porn, you was considered a porn star. You wasn't considered a fat girl that did porn. You wasn't considered a BBW that did porn. You was a porn star, like Elizabeth Rowland. They never called her a BBW. She was a porn star. Uh, God, I can't well, that's like the, uh, Carla Lane. She, yeah. you know, she, she don't let anybody call her a BBW. Yeah. And she mind you. That's not what she is. That's not how she came in the industry. Yeah, and mind you, Carol Lane was shooting with Prince Joshua, shooting with Sean Sean Michaels. She was shooting with the major company that was shooting skinny girls. But what made the BBW genre was the middle, the middle, not not mainstream. It was the middle section of porn because they wanted to separate it 
for their companies. Like, for example, uh, Evasive Angles made a point to make BBW titles because the when the, the freeze BBW was coined, it became popular. Not to mainstream, but to the fans. You know what I'm saying? So to mm -hmm. me, you're right. If you're going to clip BBC, if you're going to clip BBC Slut, if you're going to clip Queen of Spades, then you need to clip BBW. Then you need to clip MILF. Then you need to clip GILF. Grandma, I like the fuck. You feel what I'm saying? <laughs> Dilf, dad, I like the fuck. You know, period. Because to me, I, I miss the days where we gave a fuck, but we wasn't too sensitive. You know, mm -hmm. period. And it seemed like now we done became so sensitive that you can't say nothing, you can't do nothing out of fear that you might get canceled or this, that, third. That's why I tell people, I miss the fuck your feelings become this podcast. I don't give a fuck. You don't like it, deal with it. <laughs> you can't right. cancel somebody that they give two shits about being canceled. <laughs> you know, that's very but, true. Yeah, so it kind of me that that's why I said we just this world just kind of like I just shake my head at it because I was like, man, I remember the days where there was no internet. It was just so simple. Yeah, we had our problems, but damn, it was way simple. <laughs> When TV went off, you went to sleep. TV don't go off now. Your phone don't go off. Your brain never get no rest. Think about it. You can sit there and go to sleep, be asleep four hours, your phone to buzz. You'll wake up and check it. Come out of deep sleep, you should check oh your phone. Oh, my gosh, yes. I hate my phone because I really would prefer not to use it as much as I do. But when you're running your businesses off of it, it's like if I'm not looking at it for fun, I'm looking at it for work. But I feel like... Uh, I just feel like all the time, you know, it's like a lot. It's a lot. My phone is a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah cause, cause, because um, even with, with, with me, like, if I ain't got the phone or the net, I'm hurt. My business is based off of that. You know, there used to be time where business was never based off of that. You know, but it just, it's, it just, just the signs of the time. And that's why I said the key to a great business person is how you adjust to the changes in your business. And right. our business Man, is changing. I mean, we're definitely all dealing with that right now. Um, I think, you know, we had discussed previously on a previous episode about the changes that we're upcoming with, with OnlyFans, how that was going to look, you know, yeah. and even though they have decided to revoke that choice, which I'm not shocked by. I'm shocked they made it in the first place. Like, y'all really thought you were going to make uh, as much money as you were by having cooking shows and crafts and exercise? No, you're delusional. That's delusional. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, with them, but from my peer research, it, it seems like that everyone seems to be going to a website called Fansly. Um, yeah, seems to be the most popular choice for people mm -hmm. to change. But yeah, we're definitely all kind of in an upheaval right now. Mm -hmm. And then I've seen some of my other like uh, peer groups posting that they've been uh, hassled a lot by the platform. Minivids seems to um, yeah. be doing like going through and doing, you know, um, a lot of checks, which have been causing people some problems. But yeah, I don't know. That's just. That's what the face of the internet see, is after but see, but see, I'm going to tell you what, people about to get mad but in five years to six years y'all going to come back to this episode and say damn it Bob you was right porn stars like yourself like me like many others will benefit greatly when they stand on site than with any, on any of these sites 
they didn't be on any of these sites. The reason why, because I've been noticing this, and I had this conversation with girls from Europe and here. All these sites, many vids, is from Canada, Pornhub, Europe. What's the other one? Um, many, uh, I think, and uh, OnlyFans is from England. All these sites, what they have in common, they're internationally based. International money, when it comes to porn, is made more so from live camming and cam sites than anything else. Let's make that clear. That's why Europe have cam houses. Like a lot of girls you see over in Europe, they're not at home. They're at a cam house. They're at a cam studio. Ran by a female right. or a male. You know, period. They clock in like you do a nine to five. They have a quota they have to make the whole nine. Only in America that we work from home. Let's make that clear. Because these sites make most of their money from live cam, guess is what they're, they're right now focusing on. Solo content, live cam. Boy girl content, mm -hmm. they want to get out of there because their biggest worry is somebody's going to post some child pornography shit that is going to get us knocked off. But all y'all have to do is just verify the people that is right now going on your site. Because mm -hmm. see, here's another thing that people don't understand. Guess what we giving many vids and OnlyFans? We giving them advertised dollars. Let me explain to you why. Because when Kyla BBW posts a video, she has to post social security number, ID and address of a co-talent. Am I correct? Correct. Did we have this conversation about Facebook last year about what they're doing to selling selling personal information to yeah. to advertise? Yes, that's that's, what yep. the fuck makes you think OnlyFans ain't doing the after same? After they purchase Instagram, they, that's the reason why after they purchase Instagram that we got a shopping cart instead of the like button. Yeah. Oh yeah, OnlyFans is definitely doing the same, and it's yeah. such a large. It's such a larger network, too, because it's not just access to our information. It's access to the information of our subscribers. Yes. So think about this. They got all this information. Have y'all not noticed that y'all get way with get more spam than you ever get, especially the ones that are on OnlyFans? Have y'all not noticed that? It's because they sell your stuff to advertisers. Just like here's the other thought. If they did kick y'all off, what are they going to do with the content? Because even though y'all take the content off, they have a copy of it on their server. So you're not removing shit. Right. <laughs> and what you think they're going to do to it? Five years, you're going to see your shit up on some wayward ass tube site. Wondering, Damn, I deleted that. I lost that scene, actually, because <laughs> it didn't happen to me. You know, so it's Man, a lot of you, that And that's one of the things I, uh, when I first, when I very first came into this industry in 2013, um, Jen from Dirty Diva Entertainment had gave me some peer coaching. And that yeah. was the, one of the first things she told me, whatever you put on the internet or whatever, if you work with somebody else, that's out there forever. There's the potential. You don't have the control over that. You know, that's once I saw if that's a, and that's another thing with content trades too, is mm -hmm. like, if I meet up with a reputable performer, I trust mm -hmm. where my content is going because they economically are not going to release their content. But if you reach out, if you meet up with one of these people who's just like a Twitter, you know, Twitter content performer, not really in the porn industry, 
I, as a porn professional, know that you and I need to exchange releases and ID. So now that I've given you my release and my ID for you to use this video, I don't really trust that process as far as where they're going to release it to. Like, if they decide to... I, I like, for example, one of my videos that I did with a content creator, I, mm. I'm selling that video for $25 a piece. So mm. if he decides that he wanted to put that video on Pornhub tomorrow, there's nothing stopping him from doing that because he has the release. And then mm. my $25 per sale of that video is gone. Not necessarily. This, and let me, let, me explain, let me explain to you this why. This is a hard industry. Now, let me explain to you why. His fan base ain't yours. You you actually you gonna make more money with the video than he ever will. I am a and trust me, you talking to a dude they've been doing content trade for fifteen years. Every girl made more money off my video than I ever made off theirs, and we right. was on the same platform, same day. The reason why, so people can understand it, so you can understand this, so I can break down to you what the purpose of content trade and all that. Your fan base is nothing but heterosexual men. 99.99999% heterosexual men. My fan base is 90% men, excuse me, 95% men, 5% women, because women don't buy porn. Out of that, 50% to 75% is gay. Ain't no gay man coming to your side, baby. <laughs> Unless he just really like you. You feel what I'm saying? Right. Meaning that if a gay man joins a woman's site, it's because she is fabulous, honey. I like watching her. Mm, I love Kelly. I just her dress, honey. Mm. Sexy. Oh, that's Bobby Licious, ladies and gentlemen. That's my gay guy in the part. But anyway, uh <laughs> but the point being is <laughs> but the point being is that's where a lot of girls don't understand. You gotta understand your traffic. Your traffic is straight men. So I do a scene with you. You're taking my straight male content. You're taking my straight male fan base because they're going to follow the woman more so than me. They're watching me to see who I'm fucking. When they go see you, they're coming uh -huh. to see you and who's fucking you. They don't give a fuck about who's fucking you. They just want to see you getting fucked. Me, they want to see who I'm fucking. Different fan bases, different type traffic, you know, period. That's why I tell females, when you do content trade, it's not about how many dicks you fuck. Y'all need to get that out your damn mind. It's about the right dicks you fuck. You do content trade with people your level or above. You never do content trade below. Only men, women, y'all have that luxury where y'all can choose to do content trade above or below you. We don't have that choice. We have to sometimes go take a step down to get our content trade because some of the girls above us don't want to give us the time of day because we may not have the cachet that some of these other male talent, even though we right. have the same resume. You feel me? But because I have been right. shot with all the major girls and I and everybody don't want to fuck me off camera like they do some of these other guys, I may not get the content. But the point being is when you do content training, I always told my girls this when I work with them, you grab that male talent, they got a strong fan base and you do it with him. Because what you're doing is you're stealing his fan base. They're going to go with you. They're they going to be like, huh, you can shoot with Don Prince. You take 50% of Don Prince's fan base because they like you. And, and they like BBWs. And plus, you're gorgeous as fuck, boo. So who wouldn't want to see you? <laughs> I'm just saying, I love your pictures. I love watching them. But anyway, 
But the point being is, that's why I said understand it. That's why I tell females, you got to understand. You got to sit. How can I put this? Sometimes what you thought upon, throw it out the window. Because sometimes what we have about preconceived notions or what we think may not necessarily work. You know, period. Not saying that everything right. does work and does not work. But yeah, but no, content trade is very valuable because it enables you to get content network plus be tapped into somebody else's fan base to which in turn increase your fan base. The girls that and don't do content. Talk before. Yeah. That I I believe exactly what you're saying, but at events. Bingo. The experiences that I have had outside of events where it's mm-hmm. just like somebody messaged me and was like, let's link up and do a content trade. They mm-hmm. they are making dangerous choices, which I'm uncomfortable with. Yeah. But see, that's why you gotta be particular about the male towns you deal with. That's why girls gotta do their research. And trust me, there's male towns out here you know they worth working with. I could just name off the top of my dome. Billy, Billy Pilgrim, Armistice, Triple X, my man Samaj, Unique. I Mr. think I Mysterious. worked with Samaj. I think I yeah. worked with Samaj in two weeks. I'm not sure. He usually goes to the same content events that I'm going to. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of hoping to see Samaj. I'm, I'm definitely yeah. going to shoot with Finney. Um, mm-hmm. um, I'm shooting with Kendra Cox. I'm shooting with Vig- uh, Virgo Perdue. Oh, I can't wait to see you and Finney together. I love Finney's work. Finney work. That's my man. I, I be teasing him. I be teasing him. Be like, "Oh, did you start Booty University for me?" Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just did an interview with him a couple of weeks ago, man. It was fun as hell. But yeah, it's just like, a lot. I of- feel like Finn is like everybody's porn boyfriend. Like, like they just so like, cool. I don't know. Yeah, he's just so cool. Like he, you know, you know, you're gonna get your work done. You know, you're gonna have some fun. But it's like I don't know. I just feel like he's like Mister Everybody, Mister Like, cause I with the other, the, with the other male talents, I feel mm-hmm. like that once you get to that level of actually being a male talent, that there is such a high demand in this industry for professional male talent that there's like yeah. you know a small handful of guys who are really doing that and sometimes that makes them inaccessible or sometimes mm. that makes them you know and especially with the bbws like it's like well we didn't mind fucking the bbws while we were coming up but now that we're really porn stars we don't fuck with you guys no more mm. i'd be like oh okay you know okay cool um but I which think is crazy as far as, yeah as far as like finn is concerned he just is all around like really nice guy so yeah i'm excited to see him we have some um different concepts you know holidays are coming up we're gonna knock out some things but if you guys aren't following girls gone wireless make sure that you go and follow girls gone wireless on instagram um Mm -hmm. it it is a sister business for kendra cox so if you are looking for the page and cannot find it go to kendra's page and it will direct you there um Mm -hmm. so yeah just really excited they uh, you know i've been doing porn for oh god since 2017 so it was like i did porn and i and then i quit you know and then mm-hmm. i came back during the pandemic so it's like i've had a couple of opportunities to work with people but it's like avn was canceled so we didn't go, get to do that they just now picked up the exoticas but i live on the west coast and they're on the east coast and i really am not prepared financially to be you know investing 
like in in flying back and forth to the east coast like that right now i don't know if anybody's noticed but travel is exponentially high um for example i went to rent a car for a week and regularly it's like maybe 150 200 they wanted 798 dollars for a week um so I don't know. Yeah, I'm just really excited for the opportunity to create some content to get some better boy girl scenes. Um, I'm not sure the other I I know that there's like a they accept fans at this particular shoot. Everybody has to be talent tested, but they accept fans. So like there's a super fan named Dave who I'm interested in working with. Um, but yeah, some dicks are definitely going to get sucked next week. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all heard it first, people. It's gonna be a lot of dicks. She's gonna be sucking. And she does a great, masterful job of a blowjob. Yes, yes, so. yes, I do. Yes, so cause... you know, plus um also like um it's just nice to be when when you're in this industry and you go into different social environments, a lot of times there's the feeling that you have to like have a lie prepared of what you do or who you mm -hmm. are just mm -hmm. so you don't have to have people look at you funny or have a weird vibe and to go into a social setting where everybody does the same thing is, is very comforting it's, yes you know every you, it it doesn't matter what industry you're in you need you know camaraderie you need a support system and um that's the thing is if you get involved with a professional content event you get the opportunity to build those types of networking relationships yeah. but see but see y'all ladies y'all got it good when y'all go to the well, to a certain extent to like the conventions because i've been to the conventions and guys we have a more harder time so people can understand we can still have 10 shoots booked but we might leave with three because just like the girls get pulled left and right heavy you know pretty like i'm the exact opposite i rather catch you outside of a convention because I can get more out of you shoot wise than I would at a convention because you're not going to be because you're going to be shooting with multiple people and different people throughout the weekend and sometimes they shoot might go long and I miss out because he was priority you get where I'm coming from because I never forget right. I had seven shoot booked two and it was like three of them um ended up canceling before i even got to new jersey two weeks prior then when i get in new jersey one girl she decided that it oh she just to basically kidnap her son back the weekend of exotica which i'm still kind of hard i still don't believe she did that bullshit. then we posed a hooked up the next day when she did she ended up shooting somebody else at the time frame that we posed a hooked up and i only got two shoots done so it's kind of like with women, but I know it's with the ladies, they got majority of their shoots done was because, you know, all we don't want to chase after our woman. With dudes, it's different for us because we got a whole girls are not too. The hell? <laughs> no, but I was saying, uh, we got a whole that the girls are not too busy to where we can hook up with them, even though we. Hello. Well, so Whoever back, but y'all is like our technical, <laughs> which we have sometimes with this show. But now, <laughs> for some of y'all, y'all, it probably was about a second for us. It was like damn, the three hours of a break. 
because uh, her phone went dead and a bunch of other stuff got in the way. But um, I, I, the last thing I remember that we talked about, we're talking about like the content trade the way that I used to do it. Um, for me, I prefer to bring about the girl to a me. couple hours. Yeah. About 35, 45 minutes. Mm. <laughs> but what I was saying with me with the content trade, I always prefer to do it out. Looking. Oh, there we go. Okay. Cut back in. Okay. Like, okay that's cool. Yeah. I was about to say good night. Anchor act right tonight. Cause we were getting a good show in. <laughs> no, what I was saying was with me, I prefer to do the content trade differently. Um, because from the experience that I had doing the conventions, I would have preferred the girls that came to me and I had a weekend to work with them versus I'm rushing to shoot. We only have like an hour to do or what have you. Um, and then on top of that, so many cancellations, you know, period. Because like with me. Like, let's say if me and you did content trade, I would want you for a whole weekend. Why? One, so we can get as much content shot. I'm talking about 15 things, you know, period. And we're talking about ranging from role play to fetish. Oh, and yes, some of the girls was working girls, so I made sure to get done in time and for them to save their pussy so they can get their money. You feel what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so to me, I just think um, it... How can I put this? What works, what works. But I just know with me, I noticed that you get more done when you hook up with people. This is just my opinion. When you hook up with people more on a one-on-one. -on -one. And two, this is the other reason why I prefer to do one-on-one. -on -one. So you understand. Mm -hmm. I've dealt with escorts well before porn. I also know that many of you porn girls don't play the game right. Let's keep it fucking 100, Selby. Some of you fuckers fuck your goddamn... Fuck your Johns raw, because they'll pay you extra for it. They don't give you a test or nothing. So if you're a working girl and you're doing a convention, and some of you girls are working the convention, let's keep it real. That's why y'all going to the convention. Not for content, but also that you know majority of the fans and a lot of your clientele are going to be there. Yep. And the test is only as good as the last person you fuck. So that means I have to come behind your Johns and the three dudes that you fucked prior to me for this scene. One, you might be worn out by the time you see me. Every dude don't fuck the same. You, your pussy might be worn out. So you ain't going to give me the same scene that you might have given them because your energy going to be down and it might be sore and worn out. Because not every, because you know this yourself. Some of these dudes don't know how to fuck. No matter how good of a male time you think they are, they don't know how to fuck. Because all they do is pound, pound, pound for 15 minutes and think that's a good scene. Or they think that's hot. You feel what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So to me, I read for the girl to come to me. Why? One, she already tested. At worst case scenario, I have to deal with her seeing clientele while she's here. Okay, I understand that. I got no issue with that. Versus, and I'm catching you fresh. And it's a fresh test. You feel what I'm coming from? You know, mm -hmm. period. And for for the most part, you know what my dick been because I'm the only person because you're the only person I'm fucking that weekend, and I'm the only person that you fucking this weekend. You know, period. Mm -hmm. And I'm coming with a test. You know, period. So it's kind of like to me that the reason why I always like doing my shoots like that because I take into account one a female. Not every female can go all day fucking. 
Not every girl can go all day fucking. Not every girl can take that pound in and her pussy can handle it. Trust me, I had enough girls sit there and say, oh yeah, I can go all day. Scene two, can we do a BJ? <laughs> and mind you, I'm not even pounding them like that. It's just not every girl is, you know, pussy is like that. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, so, which I understand what you were saying when it comes to some of the content trades when some of these guys some of the guys that you might trade with they're not legit or yeah, they don't understand that's, that's basically what it boils down to and it's like you know as far as i validate what you're saying about making safe choices the that i just think there's a at this point a certain structure where there's a certain level of content creator that maybe has worked with one or two you know verified uh porn stars and Mm. and then you see that and it's like okay yeah you know this is my this is my friend or somebody i've worked with before or somebody i trust and i see you worked with them so i'll work with you and in the end it's like now i have the feeling of like not i think what you exactly what you just said now i have the feeling like okay i knew i couldn't trust the content creator but now can i do i feel like i could trust my peer because i'm like well did did you let him raw dog you like is that why he has the impression he can do this to me like i don't know like there's just a lot of questions there but yeah. i don't see what you're saying because in other audiences when i have it's very taboo in the porn world to say i am coming for shoot activities but will also be escorting in the side on the side mm. and and it's for that reason the the introduction because like one time when the very first time i went to avian it was the very first time i went to avian i ran into mm. a, a gentleman um named mondo and uh he was you know telling me different things and he was like it's common when you have a shoot for them to like shut the whole shoot down and be like someone within you know the production company has tested positive for hiv so now we all gotta get tested because we've all been working together like that's just just a reality of what it is you know mm-hmm yeah, because Plus, uh, like for me personally, for me personally, my relationship with sex is only partially to do with money. Part mm-hmm. of my relationships to do with sex is to do with my mental health. And yeah. um, if my mental health is strung out, I might still be productively working. But if if my if my bipolarity and my mania has me behaving hyper no guarantee that you know there are safe choices going on there and i think Mm -hmm. that is um you know something that people don't want to admit it's still very taboo to talk about mental health issues but Mm -hmm. that's also an important piece of yes your body as a tool your mind is a part of your body yes because even to the point that as a male talent what happens before you get on set can affect what happens on set. Like you have a male time to get in an argument with his girlfriend. And it's a drop, knock down, drag out argument. And he has to bring that energy to set and it may not translate well. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people don't realize this game is more mental than physical. Mm-hmm. You know, period. It's like, just like when men sit here and think it's so easy to jump on camera. No, it's not because you have to mentally unblock yourself because you have to get comfortable with people in the room and a cameraman in your face. And when I mean he's in your face, he's in your face. 
Right. Like I've I had scenes where and this is where it comes in being comfortable in your manhood. Let's make this clear, people. You have cameramen that will stand behind you literally with a dick in between your butt cheeks with the camera to get that upward angle from your eyesight. And you have to continue to stroke and at the same time <laughs> be mindful of the camera there. Oh, and the cameraman's up under you. Or even better, you know how they do the upward angle where you hit the dollar side, you see the dick going in the pussy? Right. That cameraman got to get between your legs. Not every man is comfortable with a man being that close when they're fucking. Okay, so it's, it's so funny that you mentioned this because I just actually had this experience recently mm-hmm. when I kind of talk about that relationship between what is a male professional and what is a male content creator. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the person that I was working with, I value them and and I don't want this, you know, I value them, but what mm-hmm. had happened was when we in, started that, you know, working relationship, they brought an iPad to record. But mm-hmm. I'm a porn star. I'm not bringing an iPad to record. I'm bringing no. a videographer. Yes. So, like, when the first time when it's, like, the, with the videographer, okay, that went cool. But then the second time, it was a videographer and two more girls. And that, unfortunately, made them uncomfortable uh, to the point where things just really didn't work out for us. And mm-hmm. I just feel like that what you had just said about you know with the videographer and being very intimate with the whole experience I felt like that was another disadvantage between you know that the the levels to this shit type energy of Mm -hmm. like anybody can get their dick hard in front of an ipad on a tripod but can Mm -hmm. you get your dick hard when I really have my professional production company here Mm mm-hmm and see, that was the thing. And see, that was crazy because I was always used to having a cameraman because I always had a cameraman. Mm-hmm. Even when I started, my best friend was my cameraman. Right. You feel me? Then I met my partner, Al, and he became my cameraman. So when girls came in Fridays, we did POV. Saturday right. and Sunday, we did the cameraman, and we did POV was after that. So I was used to having that extra guy there, that cameraman in your face in the whole nine. The only thing that threw me off when he ate, when he used to bring extra people. Now that's the only thing that threw me off, but it didn't throw me off scene wise because with me, because I have anxiety also, if you don't alert me of certain things, it throws mm-hmm. me off. And I had to bring myself back. You know, period. Like if he didn't tell me he was bringing his cousin to take pictures, it right. throws me off because one, I'm not expecting the extra person because I like my sex clothes. I don't like a lot of people in there. You know, period. Even if I'm shooting multiple girls, baby, go to the other room. I only want the people that are supposed to be a part of the scene in here. You know, period. And I was able to adjust, but not every guy is able to adjust. And then, too, also you got to take into account the female's feeling, because not every female want a lot of people in the room, neither. You know, period. That right. could throw off. So it's kind of like that's when, when you're dealing with a camera person, that camera person got to be in tune with the talent just as much the talent in, 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 is in tune with the camera. Okay. And this is actually where we come to the juncture of what I wanted to talk about today. Mm-hmm. And that is the projections that are made on the male production people in this industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I um, just... 
I a shout out to my business partner. Uh, his production company is named Dick Longway Productions. You mm-hmm. can look him up on Twitter and Instagram. We've actually been working together for 10 years. And nice. so recently we had an experience where um, I, I there was a different female, you know, that I was working with kind of trying to, you know, uh, teach some different things. And um, so I. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to have a shoot. I already had a shoot set up. If you want to participate that in that shoot, then you can do that. Mm-hmm. And um, in the end, it was like, things kind of went funny at first mm-hmm. when um, I was like going to have him pick her up. And it was like, well, I don't, he, he did. She was like, well, he didn't respond to me quickly enough for mm-hmm. me. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's when you work in a business environment or a professional world, people have children, they have other responsibilities, they have phone calls. So putting those types of constraints on somebody's time like that is really, mm-hmm. that's kind of off base, weird energy to me. Yeah. Um, so then it was like, well, I'm not going to ride with this person, but I'll still come to the shoot. And mm. I had to say something and it was very uncomfortable for me. I don't like confrontation, but mm-hmm. I had to be like, hey, I've worked for this person for 10 years with this person for 10 years. And I feel mm-hmm. like you're making negative projections on them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that is something that I experience. I think, consistently in this industry. There mm-hmm. is a promoter um, in the Bay Area. Shout out Boog, Boog Peso Events. Um, mm-hmm. He works with a lot of the dancers. And in my own personal experience, when I have went to his events, I feel like I'm treated so well. I have a great time. Mm-hmm. And as a plus size person, that's not always the way I've been treated in oh, the no. night environment. Um, so like I make a joke that when I go to a regular club, they leave the fat people and the trans people outside. <laughs> like that's, <laughs> that's who's left waiting in the lines, the fats and the trans. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, but in that environment, I've never felt that way. But then I've heard other girls say negative things or or mm. have negative experiences. Mm. And I just, in the back of my mind, because I've never had a negative experience, I think, is this these are experiences that these girls have had with other dance companies with other whatever genre or facet of adult work that they've been in you know because some girls start out as hoes and they become dancers Mm -hmm. and some girls are dancers and never become hoes which is Mm -hmm. a hierarchy thing in sex work we can discuss on a different episode Mm -hmm. um but in the end i think that with male promoters and male videographers and um you know even male makeup and hair sometimes that the women they bring experiences that they have had in their youth or with other people and and they put that in Mm. in the in the pot and Mm. i i i want for there to be a way to step away from that um Mm. just because like for me it's like if I have a 10 year standing relationship with somebody where I know things have gone wrong and the first experience that I work with you, you bring any sort of funk or, or tweak or negative energy. You're the Mm. one that's out dude. And it's like, I just, I don't know. Like it's just something that I've noticed something I want to bring to the table. I Mm. feel like I am an advocate for the people, even though sometimes it gets me in trouble. And I've noticed that for my brothers in the industry, there is a lot of funk that's getting placed on them. That is not them. Oh yeah. 
And as a producer that been in the business, as a male talent and a producer for 15, almost 20 years, I can go to Clint Works. This man made it to where BBWs are being recognized, but yet he caught so much fucking hell from other from BBWs. Many that he actually broke into business. I never forget this when he was doing the BBW fan fest. Mm-hmm. And he kept it on the low that he was the main person that was doing it. So when he came out, everybody was dragging it. You know, and what people got to realize is the business, not every business deal, not every shoot is going to end well. It's business. Move on. There's no need to sit here and trash this man because at the end of the day, he didn't do anything to be trashed. Right. And a lot of the times, these girls walk on these sets entitled. They expect us to cater to them. They expect us to kiss their ass. They expect us to try to, they expect us to try to fuck them off camera. And they get put off by producers and male talents that are strictly professional in business and want to keep it at that. Because a lot of these girls are used to these guys kissing their ass, wanting to fuck them off camera, talking dirty to them. Some of these girls don't even know how to handle it when a guy actually steps to them on a business level because they're not used to it because they used to the thirsty niggas, which in turn goes back to when the game became normalized, it opened the door for anybody to get in it. And that's not a good thing. It was a reason why there was safeguards for anybody to get in it to begin with, to keep us safe. Right. You know, period. Not just on the testing, but mentally, physically. Because when you bring in people that don't understand the business, this is what you get. You get girls talking about deposits. That's an escort thing. There's no deposit in fucking porn, people. I keep saying that. We don't pay you before the scene is done. It's never been done like that. But because girls who became escorts who figured, well, if I film a couple of scenes that can boost my escorting, and now you want to try to turn porn into an escorting tradition. No, it's not the same. It's the reason why escort is an escort. The porn star is a porn star. Yes, there are porn stars that escort, but that's just a service that they offer. They are porn stars. Their main function is what they're doing is porn. And by the way, they're charging more than the regular girls because they're porn stars. Go ahead. So for me, I I do have an alternate perspective on this particular point. And, And my perspective is that escorting and porn are both genres of sex work. This mm-hmm. is my work, and I'm not going to work for you unless you're going to pay me a deposit, just the same as you would a landscaper, just the same as mm-hmm. you would any other business professional. I'm a business professional, and in mm-hmm. order for me to make it to a shoot, I have to invest a certain amount of money, and mm-hmm. that money is going to be covered by the person who hires me, and <clears throat> that's what it boils down to, and I, I validate what you're saying. I understand that there are old principles with this, yes. but for me... I was not introduced to those old principles. I went to college for accounting. I am a Mm. businesswoman and I don't move without deposits. Yeah. No, no, I understand. But see, here's the thing. If you want to shoot with a major company, that ain't going to happen. You don't shoot with major companies. See, that's the point. So you can't get that. So so since since I have came back, I only have had the opportunity to shoot with one major company, but we did. Yes, I did receive a deposit. Before. Yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> you said, wait, 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 wait. So you said you, you received a deposit before you left? You mean? After yes. 
yes, I received a deposit to make it to go to the shoot, and then because mm-hmm. I I live in the whole other opposite. Oh, 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 oh no, no, they, they, they're not a deposit. They just re, they they basically just pay for your travel. It's it's not the same. You get what I'm coming from? Let me explain the difference. Deposit is I'm paying you to reserve time. I don't get that deposit back. You feel what I'm coming from? It's not period. It's it's not, for example, escort-wise. When a guy books you and he wants to bring you, he pays the deposit and he pays for your travel. They're not the same. You get what I'm coming from? The deposit is separate from the travel. He still got to pay his deposit, then pay you the rest when he see you, and he still got to cover your hotel and your travel. That is not... I think that those are principles of safeguarding ego. I don't... Yeah. I mean, I personally, I think what you just said are principles of safeguarding ego. I think that is a male pattern of principles of safeguarding ego. If this is a business and you give them money in order for them to work for you, that is a deposit. That's not a travel fee. That's a deposit. Yeah. You made a deposit but, but, for my business. Yeah, but but still, at the end of the day, for example, I give you a deposit, you don't show up, I don't get it back. Correct. And you know how many times, and this is the reason why people don't pay deposit. You know how well, many girls okay. okay, so wait. Okay, so but this is this is I'm gonna ask you this. I'm gonna ask you this. If you pay a dude a deposit, if you pay a dude a deposit, he flaked, would you not be pissed? This is where actual true business principles come into it. If mm-hmm. you have paid me a deposit and I cannot provide the services to you, I return your deposit. That's what an upstanding business person is. If I'm, if you hired me to bake a cake for your wedding and I'm mm-hmm. like, yo, my dad died. I can't bake that cake for you. Okay. You need to give me back my deposit because you can't provide the service. So if mm-hmm. the, if the model or the, the company, you know, says I flaked and I'm just keeping your money. No, now you've mm-hmm. stolen from me. That's theft. Yeah. And guess what? We can't sue y'all. We can't do nothing about it. We got to eat it. You feel me? So that's the reason why, because the reason why when it comes to porn, they were the reason why they didn't deal with escorts in Hollywood. Actually, I the perfect example. Did you ever see the show? Damn it. What's the name of that show on HBO where they were talking about the beginning years of porn? When dude had to film this hoe and he had the pimp and the pimp made him pay the pimp and the girl. The pimp may do pay him and the girl. You feel me? Mm-hmm. And part of it is because escorting is escorting. I understand that they're both for sex work, but here's the difference. Points in front of the camera. We're get, you're getting paid to be in front of the camera. The reason why you get paid more for escorting than porn, and I say this now, if you charge more for your porn and you do your escorting, you're the dumbest escort on the fucking planet. Because the reason why they're paying you is for you to go away and to be quiet. There's no paper trail. There no one supposed to know that you even saw them. You feel me? If you don't believe me, do you think little baby ever going to call Miss London back for a goddamn um, session after she done blasted his ass on on social media for cheating on his girl with her? No. no. He paid her 65 grand to shut the fuck up and be quiet. <laughs> you feel me? So that's the difference. So the reason why the deposit was a part of it is because nine out of ten, for what I understand, if anyone gets more than an hour, that's taking time away from other clients that you could be making and you're missing by taking this motherfucker. So he's making up for the money you're missing and the money he's going to give you. 
the reason why they never ask for a deposit in porn or they never want my card because if I give you a deposit, right? You come to the set, you act like a bitch. You don't even finish the scene. Actually, we don't even get the scene done. So I just paid you for a scene that never got done. You feel where I'm coming from? That's mm-hmm. the reason why. You don't never pay the mechanic before he fixed the car. Let's keep it 100. You don't pay the mechanic before he fixed the car. If you did, you a dumbass because he can decide not to fix the car. He got your money. So that's the reason why they never did deposit in porn. The reason why deposit came in because you got these guys who coming in just like the content creator, not the professional porn star, mm-hmm. not the producer. The content creator that used to be a John that figured if I have a cell phone, I can get some free pussy. Now I see why you asked for a deposit. I see why you asked for a deposit for a nigga that ain't never shot porn. You're taking a risk on him because you don't know if he get his dick hard. I tell any girl, any dude that's a newbie, make him pay. Because you're the professional. He's coming to you to break in the industry. That's why I just posted on my Twitter and on my Instagram. Okay, yeah. All these content creators, they they contact me. Okay, baby, we could do content. The testing starts at four hundred dollars, and it's about a hundred dollars for a location. Who's paying me? Are you? That's the yeah. thing. Is like with the content creators that bothers me is like, even if you know, I I validate that there is a value of two professional creators meeting up and working on content together. I've done it with females. I just haven't mm-hmm. done it with males yet. Um, but like <clears throat> the um, man, damn it. I lost my train of thought. It's a good show tonight. Go ahead. Right. <laughs> but no, but like I oh, said, well, oh, okay. What I was ahead. saying was like, I validate that that, that, that is you know, of value, but it really does show a lack of professionalism when you just contact me and be like, oh, well, I'll, I'll do content trade with you. Like, I don't need a hero dick. Mm-hmm. I don't need a hero dick to come and save my videos that doesn't understand mm-hmm. that it costs a lot of money to make them. Mm-hmm. It's, that's that's it. Like, these are super fans. Yeah. And see, that's why I told dude when dude was asking me what I do. I said, be prepared to spend money. I'm willing to cover travel. I'm willing to cover your hotel. Well, you ain't got to worry about cover travel hotel. Plus, on top of that, let's make this clear. Some of you girls escort. You're escorting out of my goddamn room. I ain't getting down for that shit. So I'm actually helping you make motherfucking money, and you ain't had to spend no money to begin with. That is valid. Because if you are in an environment where there is... it, When I have been in environments where there are, like, females over that, uh, you gotta give me twenty dollars a date. You want to bust dates in an environment that I'm paying for, whether that be my house or my room. You need to give me twenty dollars out of each date. Yeah, which I didn't even mind because I didn't mind them. I didn't want the money. What I wanted was time. All I asked them shut down your operation for five hours so we can get this filming done. Right. You know, period. Like one girl that came, we shot Friday and Saturday. We shut down Sunday so she can get her money. And see, right. because. You know, my wife, she's was in the business. She's in the business. My wife would cuss me out if I cost a woman money. Right. She'd be like, she, she, she'll tell me when I got the door. You know she's trying to get money, so don't take up her time, baby. You feel what I'm saying? So it's also not only if I'm bringing girls in, I also got to be mindful that they're trying to make money while they're here because they're going to have clientele. They want to see them. So 
I try to make the environment so one, they can make money, two, they can get content, and three, they can be relaxed and they enjoy themselves, you know, period. And a lot of times what guys don't understand is you have to put up the money to make her feel comfortable, you know, period. And and also to, to make an environment to where she want to come back. Because See, and one, that's what it boils down for me. Because, like, for me and where where the escorting versus the video comes into play is that when I'm escorting, I know, you know, I'm going to be. I'm going to be broke off for this experience. So mm-hmm. the the money mo- motivates me. But mm-hmm. with the videos, like I have to make that money after the fact. So mm-hmm. if I am having to invest the money in mm-hmm. not only the travel, but then, you know, providing the location plus, you know, for the, the level of money for maintenance mm-hmm. for women versus the level of money for maintenance for guys oh, yeah. is exponentially different. Mm-hmm. Um, then it's a turnoff to me. Like, at the end of the day, yes, I am a sex professional, but I still have to want to fuck you in my spirit. And if I paid for everything <laughs> every step of the way, I don't yeah. want to fuck you in my spirit no more. That's why I think the girls enjoy fucking me because I covered everything. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, all Probably, right. <laughs> they were like, oh, this feels a little bit more like a, you know, nice experience, like a little bit of a courting. You know, yeah. like, you know, even though you're a porn bitch, even though you're a sex professional, you're going to get the pussy wetter if you still invest in a little bit of courting. Yeah. Because, see, that was the thing that, it, and see, I think that the thing between a professional male talent versus just a content creator, a professional male talent understand that. Content creator guy don't understand it. He only thinking about fucking. Right. He ain't thinking about setting the mood he ain't thinking about making money with the scene he's thinking about ooh, i get to fuck kylie bbw and get to show it to my boys and you put know it on family because like, i because i i had problems with abandonment in my youth i have something what they call imposter syndrome so like mm-hmm. opportunities that are due to me i don't really think are due to me so mm-hmm. sometimes shit happens to me based on that principle of like they're so excited they get a fuck kylie bbw and i be mad blindsided because i'm like wait what i'm not that cool like what the hell it, like, <laughs> like when you know i had an experience with my videographer and they was like no i think i think the problem is that dude really likes you and i'm like what no no and he's like no yo i think that's what happened mm-hmm. and then when i got to thinking about it i was like you know what they did try to fuck before the shoot started and like all these different things and i'm like or like said oh like like yo dog if we are making porn together don't tell me you miss me. It's kind of a little bit of weird energy. It's yeah. not like that for me. Like uh, we yeah. are business professionals. So if we're going to get intimate and you're like, oh, I miss you. That's kind of a, a, a weird vibe for me. Like, I mean, I guess if oh. you think I'm cool, whatever. But that's that's not what I'm here for, dog. I'm here to fuck you nasty. Thank you for saying that. Because I had a girl that literally told me she loved me. And I was sitting there like, we never fucked off camera. I never even, t- I don't even know your real name. <laughs> the fuck? And I'm married. Yeah. What? You know what I'm saying? And it's kind of like, don't come into this business looking for a man. And a lot of girls do. Right. Come in looking for pussy. Some women come in looking for a man. And how you know, because soon they find a man, they quit the business. 
Well, and that's like, you know, for me, like, it's like I associated with growing up heavy and, and having problems with abandonment, you know, like I, in my mind, think people don't want to date me. And my friends have Jeez. to remind me like, bitch, you're a whole fucking porn star. No, lots of people want well, to you date, date you. you. Yeah, like yeah. lots of people want to date you. But that's another thing about it is like, you have to be in a space to want that. Currently, I'm in a space of escorting. So even if you were the most fantastic man who ever approached me, I'm still going to tell you I got a fee right now because I got other shit going on in my life and I'm not looking for that. Yeah, because I think a lot of females don't understand if your life ain't built for a relationship, you're not going to get one and not a good one anyway. Right. You know, sometimes you got to be prepared to receive the blessing before the blessing come or it right. will never come, you know, period. Just like with me, it, it, I was in a place in life where I was ready for that kind of relationship and that kind of commitment. And well, it came and like, forth, you know what I'm saying? As, and lucky for me, she was in the business. As a woman, like navigating the mental precariousness of deciding whether when you are in adult work that a man is genuinely there for you or it's he hard. is there for the advantage of your money or he is there for the advantage of his ego to say, oh, my bitch is a porn star. That mm. is very hard. Um, so, you know, it's it, it, dating in this industry is like you have to date someone else in the industry, <laughs> you know, and then you go back to that principle of like, now we have a lot of other people in our sex life. There's the capability that something could happen. Mm -hmm. Like this is this ain't this isn't a forever job. Like if if you're mm -hmm. doing this for a, a forever job, you need to go like the direction of Nina Hartley or something like where you're doing education forums. Mm -hmm. Like you know you need to you need to go the direction of Sarah J where you're spearheading a production company. Mm -hmm. Like, but as far as like trying to you know do be out in these streets doing porn forever nah As a matter of fact i met sarah j avn a couple of years ago and she mm. said that for her because uh, i was asking her like how do you manage this i get so tired and she said that for her own personal self you know she's really only shooting once maybe once a month mm. um and and i learned how to manage things that way and then i signed up i did a i signed up for um classes through jenna shea and mm -hmm. then in in relation to the fact that her and i have different body types mm -hmm. she um because she she gives you like a certain amount of advertising she's like if you get this mentorship program i will get you ten thousand views on your twitter pin video right mm -hmm. so um but in validation of the fact that her and i have different body types she actually hooked me up with carla lane and then mm -hmm. had carla lane share me all on on all of her platforms mm -hmm. too so shout out to jenna shea for her professionalism and her recognition of that that i thought made differentiated her training program from anybody yeah, else the thing of it is is that i tell people you can't how can i put this in order to survive long-term in point, you have to be willing to reinvent yourself every few years and to evolve. And what I mean by that, you mentioned Sarah J, which is funny because hopefully by the grace of good law, I'll be doing an interview with her. I'm waiting to get, she already confirmed. I'm just waiting for, you know, everything to go through. With Sarah J, she evolved from being talent to running talent. Even though she still do her own scenes from time to time, she also managed people and she has a production company. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, Wideside. Shout out Wideside Productions. Yeah. And that other world, she treats it as a complete business, as a business owner would treat opening a nail salon, a hair salon, or a restaurant. You feel me? She went from, I got one restaurant, which is Sarah J, to now franchising, thus Wildside Productions. And that's how you extend your career. And I tell females, any female that come into this business, you got a three-year window. Your job is to extend that three years. For example, you have girls that come in and do solo. You're going to eventually have to do boy girl because people are going to get tired of you doing solo. I don't give a fuck how many different ways you do it. Right. Because the fans are going to want to see something new eventually. Just like a rap artist got to drop a new project. Or do Sometimes, a collab. Or do a collab or a feature. Mm-hmm. Or even, because you didn't heard this many times, well, damn, are they going to evolve as an artist? They're going to give us something different? They're doing the same shit. It's the same thing they're saying about Drake. They're saying the same Drake album, just <laughs> same Drake, different album. They want to see him do a little bit more. So it's the same thing with Corn. That if they see you, now you have a choice of what you do so people can understand that. Meaning that if you ain't wanting to do game bangs, you ain't got to do game bangs. But if you, let's say, you just doing boy girl with your boyfriend, y'all just doing the normal, I fucked my husband while watching a football game. Oh, I fucked him after work. After a while, your fans going to get tired of that. Now they want to see him pretend to be the Uber driver or pretend to be the handyman. Because this game is built off of fantasy. I don't give a fuck how much y'all think it's about that realism shit. No. The money is made off of fantasy. All these guys fantasize. It might be a realistic fantasy, but it's still a fantasy because it would never happen to them. It would never be a situation where they walk up on Kylie BBW and they the Uber driver and they get some pussy. How many times do you ever see an Uber driver get pussy for real from a from, from someone he's driving? Half the time they don't want to talk to him. You feel me? <laughs> so it's a fantasy. We still have to sell the fantasy, and I think that's being missed. Hello. Oh, I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll wait for your opinion. <laughs> oh, yeah. That that definitely coincides with what we were talking about earlier that, you know, at this point, we're just getting to where we are, are we're so sensitive that we keep narrowing the genres down, 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 down. And it kind of avoids the fact that our industry is is the dark inside it's the deep secrets it's the things that you don't want anybody to know about you and it's like you know it's like being a candy store and saying oh we're not gonna sell candy anymore that's Mm -hmm. this is what we're supposed to be doing this is what we do yeah but because to me porn was never meant to be mainstream its biggest and greatest money was made when it was taboo, when it was a dirty little secret. When webcamming became the thing, when OnlyFans became hot, it normalized it and put it on mainstream. And now you see what happened. The game is cheaper. Right. Now, <laughs> go ahead. The first time I ever remember seeing anything associated with BBWs and and porn and online was they and it's funny because it feels like when I say this it feels like that we're maybe hustling backwards, but yeah. it was a platinum pussy and she had the BBW cam house. Yes, that's, that's the very first two thousand maybe two thousand and one. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the first time I remember experiencing on the internet seeing BBW porn and being like, oh man, I could I could do this. I want to do this. I want to be with these girls dressing up, you know. I remember she would have like guys and they would come and dress up like superheroes and all her little girlfriends would fuck them and they would have parties. It was yeah. the best. Yeah. And then and then it fell off. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't think that it fell off. I just think the principle of cam houses fell off. The principle yes. of people joining together and doing that together kind of fell off, mm-hmm. which is interesting because it's only in our industry that they fell off. The reality is being a porn star and being an internet influencer are very closely correlated to well, each other, right? Well, the truth so, is, well, the truth is, it fell off in America. They yeah, have cam houses all across saying. Europe. They have cam houses all over Europe. Yeah. Well, and in the internet influencing world, it's extremely common for a whole bunch of these kids to get together and rent out a mansion and make their mm-hmm. videos together. Yeah. Yeah. Because, um, which actually was taken from old school porn. And let me give you the history lesson. When they did shoots, they got all the time together. Got them together, they came and did their test, and they put them in one spot. They put them where they're going to shoot at. This is before Content House, just what the main company used to do. The reason for that was because if you decide you want to fuck, at least you fucking somebody you about to shoot with and they're tested. Because they couldn't trust if, let's say, the night before y'all supposed to do this shoot, y'all decide to go out to the club and one of the girls run into a dude at the club that they find sex and decide they want to take in the bathroom and fuck. Right. He might not have a comment. She fucks raw. So now she done fucked away with ass nigga raw and she's coming into that house to shoot on set with all these guys. No telling what dude had, so no telling what she might be bringing on set. That's the reason why they used to do that. TT Boy was the king of that. Because he'll bring like five or six girls, three guys, have them all in the mansion the day before while they're waiting for their test. And they couldn't leave. They couldn't go to the club. They couldn't do nothing until after the shoots was over with. Because he didn't, because one, he caught a lot of flack because he sent male talent to Brazil and them fuckers came back with AIDS and fucked up the industry for a year. Oh wow! And they kicked, yeah, they kicked him out of. That's why he went moved to Florida because they kicked him out of California. And because of that, that's when he started doing that. Like, no, 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 no. Y'all gonna sit in this mansion for twenty four hours till we get these tests back, and y'all ain't going nowhere till after we finish. Because it's not about you; it's about your co star. Can I trust them outside of the porn business? Because a lot of people do not play it safe outside in their own sex life. And that's one of the things you got to curve you do this business. You can't you can't be a complete hoe. You can be a slut on camera, but you can't be one off camera like that. <laughs> that is true. That uh, that was something I had to learn. When you are a slut, you are definitely more reckless with your pussy health wise than when you are a hoe. Because when mm. you're a slut, you may be out getting drunk, out fucking after the bar, out kind of doing all this stuff. When you're a hoe, you're like, no, wrap it up or we're out of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then too, like 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 my man said, money makes her come. <laughs> money make that pussy get real with it. Right. But yeah, but but, but that's why I said is the game is changing 
It's only been sure. Like I said, it, it changes for the content creator, but at the same token, it's pushing away, it's taking away from what made porn great from the beginning. And to me, like I said, I always said this before, we have to keep some traditions alive because they were there for a reason. To safeguard ourselves from the outside. That's why I tell girls, no, you, you. I never got mad when girls didn't pick me for shoots. You know what I'm saying? It was frustrating after a while, but I never got mad because I understood it was a business. And there's always a girl they're going to shoot with you, you know, period. But the thing of it is, is my only issue was when, how can I put this? You sit here and say you don't want to shoot because of this, but then I turn around and see you shoot with a dude that's basically the same. <laughs> right. You didn't say, well, no, I don't want to take the health department test, but I know this nigga do a health department test. You ready to go fuck the shit out of his ass? You know, period. And it kind of irked me that women are quick to call men thirsty, but we don't necessarily pick the professional male times, don't pick the girls based off how bad we want to fuck them. We pick them off their cachet. A lot of these girls pick their talent based off how bad they want to fuck them, and cachet ain't got shit to do with it. You know what I'm saying? Which is, which... No, I do understand that because there are a lot of <laughs> I have a, a couple of producer friends who are like, we really like you. You're great. And we're great friends, but we don't know that you're appropriate for our platform or we don't mm -hmm. know, you know, that you would be the best earner or somebody else got your first scene. So yeah. we don't know, you know, that that would be lucrative to us. And they're they're nice guys. They're good gentlemen. But as far as me being an appropriate fit for their business, they don't think so. No. Yeah, because it, one thing is, as progressive as point is, we are very conservative. Because guys would not break from what they shoot unless they really ain't making money at what they shoot. Hence, Brazer. Brazer ain't making the money they used to. Now they shot a BBW and they shot a transsexual. Smoke that over. <laughs> and mind you, they never shoot big girls. They The thickest they ever shoot is what? Virgo Paré? The thickest. Oh, no, Perdot. <laughs> yeah, Perdot. Yeah, they, that's the only person that, that's the thickest they ever would shoot. They would never shoot. It, it, it was it shocked the fuck out of me when Sophie Rose, Sophia Rose, Sophie Rose was actually shot. I said, yeah, they're throwing shit against the wall to see what sticks. Because well, they're not getting the traffic and they're not making the money. The thing, the only thing that when you are a BBW person mm -hmm. and you see the top BBW star and then you there they do segmentation and then mm -hmm. they start working with the major production companies i don't have faith that that path would ever happen before for me because mm -hmm. i like my bbw body and i don't yes. want to cut my stomach off to go work for the major production companies oh no because it this is why i tell girls the money ain't in the major production companies no more the only reason why you go shoot for them is just to get cachet that's it like and 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 i 
I like and respect this artist. So, you know, if they hear this, I'm sorry, I don't intend to make you feel a type of way or, or if that, you know, that was the path for their life that they wanted to do for their body. All of that is great. All of that mm -hmm. is fine. But it did send the message to other BBW artists that if you want to be on the major platforms, babe, you need to go cut that that fupa off first honey before you which, which is messed up because we sitting here seeing men with guts bigger than the women's stomach shooting with major companies well and honestly my stomach when i start you know because I, I go back and forth between 100 pounds my highest mm. is 309 my lowest is usually around 220 and mm. um when when my belly is bigger there's a set of people who are really into that you know mm. it's it's not it's not for us to tell other people what we like about our body and the deepest that i probably understood that is uh one time I went out to lunch with a girl off of Craigslist and mm. she was a trans girl. And um, she said that uh, she had done some escorting, right? And she said that the primary draw to her would be like people would, you know, want her to wear a skirt and then, and then want to mess with her genitals and be, and she said, because she hated her genitals that made her very uncomfortable mm -hmm. but you know in the goal of getting the money she would let them do that to her mm -hmm. and I had never so intimately heard somebody else explain the relationship that I have with my stomach like mm -hmm. which I am it's different now and this has changed you know this is like 10 years ago but mm -hmm. it's like um that's exactly how I felt about my stomach was I personally didn't really like it but mm -hmm. I'm making thousands of dollars of people who are like mm, let me worship it <laughs> yeah yeah because see the, the thing about it is and i said this with hollywood hollywood is always mainstream point is always the last to change they're they're the guinea pigs of all other industries when it comes to how to make money equipment and technology let's make that clear because a lot of the technology that hollywood got they got it from porn the way they shoot, the way they do things. When it came to e-commerce, porn was the first one to actually do e-commerce. That's where Apple got their model from, from what was being done in porn on the net. Let's make that clear. Porn was the first genre to pay in, when it comes to direct sales for content creators. Not YouTube. Not porn. Excuse me. Not YouTube. Not the music industry was doing that. You know what I'm saying? You know, period. It was porn first. So because of that, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of people kind of don't respect the porn business as a business or the females and males, especially the females in the business as business women because y'all have to conduct business. Y'all have to do business practices, whether it's escorting or porn. Because if you think about it, it's, it's, it's no different, you know, period. Um, when If you're a contractor, let's say for construction, you're going to ask certain questions about the building. You feel me? You're going to ask certain questions about the client that you're about to go work with. It's no different. It's, it's, it's a screening process with that. It's a screening process when an employer tries to bring an employee. You feel me? It's always a screening Bro. process of anything. One time, one time, I so we tried to get it via Twitter there, and it looked like a reputable production company. 
could tell me, uh, okay, we want, we want to, you know, we would like to work with you for a shoe. I said, okay, you know, what's the terms? They had no idea what I was talking about. And I was like, <laughs> then they was like, well, I, you know, I'm actually an assistant of the production company, blah, blah, blah. Um, I said, okay, well, you have the owner contact me because I, I just felt it was so simple to be like, what is the terms that you're trying to offer me to work with me? And they was just like, I don't have any idea what you're saying. Like, I just feel like that <clears throat> we would benefit ourselves as a as a profession if we embrace the professional side a little bit more. Yes. And maybe that means letting go of a couple of things that used to work for us. But if we want to continue and grow, that's what we have to do. For example, uh, associated with the fact that I met Sarah J, I study the organization Why Not uh, mm. and Why Not at um, not their last conference, but the one before. Uh, they had a whole talk about how um, the new, like, if you want to be in this industry, you have to be an all around entertainer at this point. Yes. Like yes. you need to do skits. You need to do comedy. You need to be doing some TikTok dance videos. It's not just about, you know, laying your back and showing what that pussy do anymore. It's about being a full scale entertainer. And I think that principle, you know, comes from like kind of the Disney class or the Disney set. Mm -hmm. But at this point, it, that's what our world well is. But see, the reason why is because it's so saturated, you got to find a way to stand out. Because, like, for example, and I know all guys go through this. You go, you, you, you open up your Twitter and you see the five, you see, you'll see five posts of girls promoting their shit. Same position, same thing. Dildo in the pussy, legs bent, toes pointed so you can see the toes. And she got her face, oh, and you'll see that five different girls same pose. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? You'll see I five, you, you'll see 10 posts, girls masturbate, masturbate. You might see one post out of 50 that shows a boy girl scene. You might see one post out of 100 that shows an actual trailer, professional trailer with an actual skit and role play. People don't do role play no more. They, they just fuck. Okay, so I okay, so in okay, so in accordance with that though, I will say I don't I don't feel like when I put my full trailers on Twitter that they perform very well. Yeah. Um I feel like that for me mm. taking like a couple of it's say I made a a a, a one mm. minute trailer, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I feel that for me, if I wanted to benefit my page most and drive traffic to it, I'm mm -hmm. going to pull three or four, two second clips or one second clips out of that one minute trailer and post those. I find that when I post my full trailers, I'm maybe getting like 12 likes. That's the point. It's not about the likes. See, this is why I tell people. My trailers is... Well, people got to realize this game is psych psychological. That's why I keep saying it's a mental game more than anything else, even to promotion. The purpose of the trailer is the more you put it on it, the more they see it. For example, if you watch, let's say, what movie coming out? Uh, Fast and Furious, right? If They give you five different trailers. They give you the trailer, which at the beginning of the year, they give you a new trailer. 
Then they give you another trailer. Then right before the movie, they give you the official trailer. These trailers last, what, one minute, two minutes, three minutes, okay? The purpose is to remind you to go check out the movie. See, what happened is when ladies post, they're so stuck on the likes and the comments. It's not about the likes and comments. You ain't got to, you ain't got to like it. You ain't got to retweet it because it ain't for that. Because 9 out of 10 people are going to retweet it as motherfuckers. They ain't even paying for it no goddamn way. Or they're going to like it. What right. it is to, to attract you to my site because our money is made off of cumulative sales. Not off of one scene, a cumulative sales of multiple scenes and multiple things on the site itself. Right. You feel me? So the purpose of the trailer is one to highlight I got a new scene or I got a scene or really more so to just highlight your site. Because even with my trailers on the back end, I put an advertisement saying, go to my site. Mm-hmm. That's you what it saying? is for me. Yeah, that's what it is for me. Or like <clears throat> how you were saying about like the pussy pictures with the toes or whatever. Yeah. If you how they have changed over to um the like um I think it's called digital marketing, but where the hoes are training the other hoes via ebooks and whatnot. Yeah. Um, inside those educational materials, it talks about the value of not posting your pussy on your feed. So yeah. for me what happens if you see my pussy on my feed that picture to me is just so burnt in my heart i just have so millions of <laughs> twelve thousand other better pussy pictures that that's the one that i'm like okay take this little crumb yeah and i think that's maybe why you're getting the energy that they're repetitive or or like you know kind of blah all the time yeah maybe some people other people might be working on the same principle i am that it's just like, oh, let me just mm. toss this little burner one out. This mm. is the one I send to anybody who's trying to holler at me. Oh, no, no. <laughs> these, these girls literally use it as an advertisement tool. And to me, I keep saying this. The key to a trailer is to make you excited about that scene and going to see her site. Right. That's the point. Even though, because usually a trailer is a one-minute highlight reel of a 20-minute scene. All you're doing is taking bits and pieces of that scene and putting it together to one trailer. Right. Now, like, for example, one of my favorite guys that do trailers is Armistice. His shit looks like a music video. If you make the trailer exciting, it's going to drive traffic because they're going to see that shit and in their minds, the dolphins, yeah, I'm about to get scientific, the dolphins start flubbering in their heads and they're like, oh shit, this shit hot. Then you got mm -hmm. the music playing. That hot song and he's digging her out and they put her riding the dick slow-mo and stuff like that. It makes them want to go see it. Just like if I watch a music video with Meg the Stallion. I may not like the song, but the video might make me like the song. You've been there before like that, where you didn't yeah. like the song you first heard and you saw the music video. Now you can't stop listening to the song. Mm -hmm. Same thing with porn. So that's why I tell females. Another thing girls don't do, they don't make internet flyers. That's the easiest thing you can fucking do. Internet flyers. Promoting your shit. You know what I'm saying? Marketing strategies and mm -hmm. stuff of that nature. Because you just can't just throw your pussy up on the goddamn grant on the gram or on the Twitter and think that that's just going to drive traffic because you realize that a lot of these men are desen desensitized to pussy pictures because we done seen mm -hmm. so many of them. Just like y'all sit here and talk about, we just don't complain like women do. 
But trust me, they don't man to sit there and say, this is too early for me to see all this pussy. It's six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I just woke up. I'm about to go to work. I'm just no, checking my Twitter. I be feeling that way about my Twitter sometimes. Like, yeah. Like, this is my business thing. And sometimes I'd be wanting to, like, look through there and I'll be like, is there a button where I could push where it's like, you know, not going to give me all this porn. And then the other thing is, is like, I try to be a progressive supporter of all genres, all genders, all this, all that. But I personally might not be attracted to certain things. So if I'm, there's only, I, uh, there's, I just am not into some stuff that comes up on my feed. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because it's just like, you know, because even to the point that me, I rather just see a regular model picture. That, that's why I love looking at your feed. Because you give me model pictures. You feel me? It's like everything looks like a photo shoot. You feel I be really from? trying really hard. And I really try to keep it intriguing. So the other day, some guy, he came in my inbox. And the way that he was trying to approach me or to get me to talk to him was by bad-mouthing my photographer realize is most of us out here working solo with remotes so yeah. i was my photographer so he, he was bad mouthing me trying to get at me <laughs> so the way that he was saying it was that in i have this photo where these photos where i have on um it's like a blue lingerie and mm-hmm. i have on some heels and there's a photo backdrop but the photo backdrop, you can see the leg on one side. You can see a fly yeah. strip hanging on my garage. I am a conscientious enough artist to know there was a fucking fly strip in my photo. But I personally thought that gave it a little intrigue. So I left yeah. the motherfucker. And I left the leg of the backdrop. You know, and that's the types of things I like to do as an artist. Mm-hmm. My pictures are not always going to be the prettiest pictures. But mm-hmm. they are going to be intriguing. Yeah, because it, it, like I told, like I said, somebody the other day, I said there's such thing called uh, imperfect imperfection. You know, period. Um, because what tripped me out with a lot of people is that um, how can I put this? One, if you're a good photographer, you know if the girl taking the pictures herself or not. They just, mm-hmm. you know, by the angles we have, because certain angles that you're just not going to get when you're doing it yourself. Let's keep it one hundred. Yep. And right there, they told me he ain't that good photographer because if he didn't realize you took the pictures by yourself, then shit, you don't need to work with him no way because he probably ain't going to give you good pictures. Right. <laughs> because I say, I was taught this by my mentor, Michael Brown. Shots out to him. I went to school with him. There's great photographers and there's photographers that's great with Adobe. A great photographer don't need Adobe. You don't need to edit the picture for so much because the shot was already perfect. Then you have a photographer that got to use Adobe because they can't shoot well. I was taught to be a good shooter. Right. You know I, I validate that. Uh, shout out to uh, Slick Flicks and uh, Rose Seed Photos in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I shot with Slick and um, he just straight at the shoot sent me back all the pictures mm-hmm. and I personally don't really edit my pictures a lot. I love my mm-hmm. cellulite. It's an important piece of me. Yeah. So most, most shit, I'm just shooting it and sending it and um, he, he was a beautiful photographer in that regard mm-hmm. so I understand that principle. Plus another thing is a lot of these photographers who get to a point where they are doing beautiful work 
I don't I don't like using negative connotation. Maybe mm. it's that they are so successful that they are taking on more business than they can handle, you know? Maybe it's mm-hmm. a good a good type of trouble as John Lewis might say. Yeah. But the thing is is that with the speed of the internet, if I shoot with you and you're not giving me my edit backs for two months, I wasted my fucking time. Because oh, whatever, no. whatever theme I put into the shot or whatever style, the internet is past that. We're done now. And that's been my experience is like in the times when I have taken the money to invest in the higher end photographers, it's like, okay, well, you know, I could get your pictures back next month or I could get your pictures back two months or like a uh, facet if you work with facet which he goes back and forth being a little erratic i'll just say it that way Mm. um he won't even tell you when he's giving your fucking pictures back and then if you complain at him that you didn't get your pictures back he's gonna go on his social media and badmouth you and um Mm. which is messed up because now i'm about to give ladies some knowledge about this tfp tfp means time for print we do photographer Photographer supposed to give you your pictures raw and uncut. And then y'all discuss the editing, whether you got to give him money, pussy, or whatever the fuck it is. But he supposed to give you your shit raw and uncut. Content trade. You're supposed to get your shit raw and uncut same day. Or at least a week. And you know what I'm saying? Or at least he has to give it to you within a week. Why do I say this? You all you got to do is take the SD card out the goddamn fucking camera and put it in somebody's computer. You have a cord that you can attach to the computer. You can actually have a cord that can attach to the computer and the damn camera and dump your footage. Ain't no girl I ever worked with. No photo shoot, even whether we were doing porn or it was just a photo shoot that she didn't leave with her pictures. That's bullshit. Even when I paid photographers, they gave me the raw uncut. And then gave me the edits later. You feel nah. me? You had to give them a little extra money later. But those high, yeah. those high editing Instagram, the people that's out there shooting yeah. the, the Danny Banks of the world, which not her personal photographer right now. He's great. Um, yeah. but you know, those those classes of photographers, two months, you can't see the pictures. Don't take no pictures while you're here and put them on your social media. Don't ask me to take no pictures of you with your cell phone while you're here. They got a lot of rules. It's kind of like um, you'll hear uh, women in, in the black hair community complain a lot. They'll mm. be like, oh, my hairdresser got 27 billion rules for me to do my hair. Um, mm. It's very similar kind of arrogance or attitude in the um, photography community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. It really is. So shit, man, we've been talking, me going at it, baby girl. You see, that's why I love have her on the show. Tell everybody where they can find you. <laughs> uh, so you can find me by googling it's Kylie B B W I T S K Y L I E B B W. If you want to look me up on Twitter, I'm under two fabulous Kylie. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, just. Holler at me anytime. I'm available on OnlyFans, all the shit. Oh, yes. And she is a regular smoke buddy, people, so she will be back for more episodes. So get used to her. That and is buy, And buy her shit. Make yes. her some money. Yes. Hit up my mini vids, baby. <laughs> you know how we do this. You know how we end this, people. Life is a learned experience with the point experience. You didn't learn anything. Thank you for smoking this over. And thank you for coming to the lounge again, baby. All right. I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for having me. You know it.